Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. On today's show, I'm pretty excited about it, I think. I think we've got a good show. We're going to talk about media. We've got a nice little... Uh, I'm working on a blog again. Sorry if I keep going into the media thing. There's just so many cool things going on right now in the media space. Um, you've got Quibi continuing to make very bizarre decisions. Um, I saw a tweet the other day that I thought summed it up best. It was, um, Quibi is like Snapchat if it was run by CBS. <laughs> That's sort of what, what Quibi is. It just has this older feel in a in a way that really is designed to be you know free-flowing. Um, but then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's been going on that I think is really interesting, and I think it's great for all of us, especially those of you out there listening right now who are big fans of podcasts. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but Spotify just acquired Joe Rogan. And uh, what's about exciting thing about Joe Rogan is, other than the fact that he says just absolutely crazy stuff and gets lots of clicks, is that he does video. And he does a lot of his video uh, on YouTube. And this is a huge shift that we're going to start to see. And it's kind of, we're going to call in my buddy, uh, John McDermott, who's been on the show the last couple of weeks to talk about this because he actually wrote a story on it. But um, what is particularly interesting about the shift is that in the past, everything was sort of just shared everywhere. There was no, um, this belongs here, that belongs there. And, and while that seems like a logical move, and you certainly want to give everyone the right and the ability to share their stuff wherever they go, it actually creates kind of a challenge because I can't tell who the story originated from. I can't really tell the angle or how it's written or what it's meant to be. And so with the way that they have taken on Joe Rogan, what I expect to see is that Joe Rogan will have his clips, the highlights on YouTube. And then that will drive you to go to Spotify where you have the ability to listen to exclusively the Joe Rogan show, the Joe Rogan audio experience, I think he calls it, or the Joe Rogan experience. It's quite an experience if you haven't experienced it. Um, and I, I guess what this means is, if you were to go back and look at this, and I don't know if you all follow this the way I do, but <clears throat> right before the pandemic, Barstool gets bought by Penn, publicly traded company, 300 something million dollars. Uh, Davey Day Trader is born, Dave Portnoy is now worth like $100 million. And they are going to convince every single person who's on Barstool to gamble at different casinos owned by Penn. And that's fine. Like, I'm into it. I like to bet on sports, so it works for me. But what it does is, is it sort of says, like, you're over here, and if you dig this, you got to be over here. And then Spotify scoops up the ringer. And so far, the ringer's still available everywhere. But that's, like, short term. I think by the end of the year... Everything main ringer, and you're already seeing some of the ringer podcasts that they're developing that are new or only on Spotify. But then they've got featured writing. And if you, I don't know how many out there, you can go ahead and call in 312 981 7200 and let us know. If, I'd actually like to know how many of you do listen on Spotify or have the Spotify app. You can actually watch music videos while you are listening to a song. And I'm wondering with the ringer and in particular Joe Rogan, if they will utilize that technology to enable you to watch some of the podcasts or some of the interviews with video on your screen, which means Spotify is not just music and podcasts, and they are dominating, for those of you paying attention, they're dominating the podcast space. It will be very interesting to see how that all develops. And the conversation I'm going to have with John in a minute here after the break is what does that mean for all of these big players. 
there was news recently that came out with Apple Plus, who's had kind of a lackluster um, launch, to say the least. I, I think John probably has the numbers, but <clears throat> it was something like only a few million people have actually downloaded Apple Plus, despite the billion people who have the devices. So they just recently are worked on acquiring uh, original content from the past, so you have to go there to watch certain types of things. They're buying the rights to, to so Similar to how Disney bought 20th Century and you got The Simpsons and it's on Disney. Disney is crushing it. Disney Plus, crushing it. Disney itself dealing with troubles pandemic-wise like everybody else. All of a sudden, you're starting to see this division of big tech-enabled media platforms, particularly those that were tech-first, buying up organic and original content. And then you see the response from these big media houses. They started hiring and buying the creators. And they're going to have Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell create this show for Apple Plus, and they're presuming you're going to watch it. But it didn't really work out. So now what all the tech players are doing to move ahead of it is they're buying the actual creator themselves. They're buying Joe Rogan. They're buying Bill Simmons, not just for the show, but to actually have their insight to create the next show. They know what you like, and they're going to create something similar to it. It is incredibly fascinating. There are so many dynamics, and I have a serious kind of position on this, and I can't wait to talk about it with John when we get, come back from the break here. And then, of course, at the end of the, the second half of the show, start a showcase portion of the show. We are going to have Jewel on, and Taylor, who is one of the co-founders, Taylor Lamb, is, um, she's super cool, super funny, super charismatic, and I cannot wait to hear that pitch. You guys will be able to invest in them at republic.co slash Jewel. We will take a quick commercial break. I will figure out my headphones, and then uh, we will come back and talk a little bit of media. So feel free to call in. I would love to take conversations on this show. Uh, 312-981-7200. Call me and tell me, do you use Spotify? And if you don't, what do you use? We'll be back right after that. At Midwestern University, healthcare education is what they do. Their campus in Downers Grove features six colleges and 12 degree programs. Here you will benefit from hands-on training, expert faculty mentors, and patient-focused programs. You will also learn side-by-side with students in other health professions. Modeling the team approach to the 21st century healthcare practice. Learn more about their programs at midwestern.edu. That's midwestern.edu, Midwestern University, tomorrow's healthcare team. Love in the COVID, in the time of COVID. See how romance is blossoming in unexpected ways during the quarantine Tuesday on WGN TV News at 9. Speaking of blossoming love and romance, we've got my friend John McDermott. What's going on, John? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. So I'll tell you how love is blossoming in my house. We watched Listen to Your Heart, and it felt so real. It was just so authentic. Is this another trash reality TV program it's that the, you enjoy? Yes, it's the Bachelor's version of The Voice, and I, I okay. I'm, listen, as a guy, so they who, took The Bachelor and The Voice and kind of you know jammed them together. They, they made it, they uh, made sweet, they made beautiful music um, with The Bachelor okay. and The Voice, and and here's what happened. So I'm telling you, I actually mean this. I enjoyed the show. It was a complete yeah. disaster, but the finale. So the show lined up for most part of the season with the voice. Wait, I, I don't even understand this premise. Like, oh, I'll, how does I'll this give you the premise. Even work? All right, so here's how this works for for everyone listening. You can go back and watch it. It's worth watching. It's like if you have literally nothing else to do, it's worth watching. <laughs> so, is it Scott? Is it? No, it really is. It will. I mean, 
<laughs> it depends on how low you're feeling because th- then okay. <laughs> this is one of those. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, and I, I'm telling you, this is actually like a worthwhile exercise. So the concept is they put like 30 people in a room in a house. And it started okay. off obviously pre-pandemic. And it ended up, you know, like everybody else. It, I think they just finished recording before lockdown. So you actually did get everything except for like the the announce winner stuff was the only thing that had to be done by uh-huh. Zoom. So everyone's okay. in a room. You have to essentially develop relationships, and then you have to um, sort of find love and express your love by both being musical people trying to create mu- you know beautiful music together, and then like Chris Harrison comes in and throws Literally some wrenches. Create music, yeah, but not like let's create music in the romantic metaphorical sense. Uh, well, it was a little bit of both. So they have people who are like they're all supposed to be musicians or budding musicians, and then they find love, and like, you can tell how real the romance is, if the beautiful music, you can feel their love in the air, and then you <laughs> okay, get, so then it's voted this person on. is both your musical partner and your romantic partner. Correct. Except Chris Harrison has the ability to throw wrenches in this, where you have to switch partners and go on a date with someone else, because it creates forced drama, and then... You, you, it's essentially like hanging out with a spouse after you just cheated on them publicly, and then ev- you're singing in front of people, and they're like, uh, that felt off. And you're like, well, yeah, it felt off. She just went out with this other dude. Like, it, it, was, it was beauty. But here's the thing. There were, a couple, there were a couple people on the show who actually had talent. And I had been jousting back and forth between watching that and The Voice, and I actually like The Voice. I don't know if people watch The Voice. I don't think I have to go into what The Voice is, John Legend um, you know Blake Shelton, uh, Kelly Clarkson, and I believe it was uh, Nick Jonas on this this season. That one is, I think, picked up the mantle from where American Idol, like pre drop off, uh, came in, and it was really good. And the, and the contestants were really fantastic. So anyway, summing this up before we can get to the real stuff, the um, th- this is so funny. So I watched The Voice. This was, was quite the lead-in. I'm oh, say. I'm telling you. So I watched The Voice, the first of two uh, two final episodes, like the finale was two episodes, and in between yeah. it I watched um, Listen to Your Heart, and the drop-off in talent was like the uh, 2016-17 Warriors and like the 1999, uh, you know, uh, after Baron Davis was broken Warriors. That was the drop-off. Yeah. It was bad news, but but delicious gotcha. to watch. Delicious to watch. Okay, so I go into all this random stuff because I, I think we're starting to see these shifts in the media world happen, and all of the people that I just talked about, these music people, they're now influencers, and about six of them that I can count yeah. have now launched podcasts or live streaming uh, music things that they're doing, collaborations with the people that they met during the show, and some of them are picking up some steam, 30, 40, 50,000 followers, um, and so forth. And you and I were talking about this before the show this week, that all of a sudden with the Joe Rogan purchase for Spotify, you, and you start seeing the, the tea leaves from Apple TV trying to buy some original content, we're starting to see a shift here. And I'm wondering what, what you're seeing. What, what are you seeing going on in front of your eyes? Well, it's interesting you say that, but I'm, <laughs> I guess my big fear is now with all of these individual podcasters and Twitch streamers and YouTubers being very successful is that much like you have noticed, we're just going to get a ton of untalented people out there trying to, 
you know, pursue their faulty dream when they really should just, you know, pack it up and get a lame white collar job. So that's going to be kind of the downside to this. But for people who are talented, I mean, it's never been better to just be your own independent creator. You can monetize your audience yourself. You can be in total editorial control of what you create. And you can get snatched up by a big media concern like we're seeing all across the market. Yeah. And you know what I think is another byproduct of this? There's really two things. Um, all of these different... So you've been through this, I'm sure, or have participated, whether you're writing for big outlets or whatever, that they have sort of this like, well, we don't write or cover these topics because it's, it's either not on point for our audience or we yeah. don't think it's worth pursuing or whatever the excuse that is thrown at you as the artist for why you cannot pursue what you think is logically intelligent, um, you don't have to worry about that now. Because I can literally go, no, 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 I think there's a million people who would like to listen to this exact story, and I will use the skills that I have as an artist and a creator to grow my audience. They will love me. They will love the story. You will be wrong, and I will charge you 10 times what you had offered me in the first place to do this story for you again. And I'm starting totally. to see this like yeah. freedom of... Freedom of creative choice, uh, no longer having to worry about, and this isn't for everyone, obviously, but knowing, not having to worry so much about how to, how to work your way up politically into this media entity, you yes. just do you and we'll buy you if you're good. So in something that I've been seriously considering for myself, because in, in every medium, you're seeing this happen where there are now these new platforms, we can not only to create and distribute whatever your content is in whatever medium it is, but you can monetize it through Patreon or through ads. I mean, however you want to do it. Yeah. And, you know, considering it for myself, because absolutely no one is paying for freelance right now. And to your point, you know, when you go to a big media concern, you're always just at the mercy of their decision making process. Like I just had a big story that I worked on for literal months, just get killed in the last, in the 11th hour, simply because, it wasn't Corona related. The appetite for Corona news is kind of just overshadowing every single, every single uh, other thing. And they were just like, Hey, this isn't a priority and just months of work gone. Whereas, you know, if I started a sub stack, if I started a MailChimp, I could distribute that to my subscribers myself. The downside to that is you have to spend a lot of time growing an audience. And that's the very tricky part. Yeah, so on that, I mean, I agree with you, obviously, and there's a certain skill set that is required, but I will argue on that, that if you've talked to anyone who's like Gen Z, I think they were born with the grow an audience DNA and the don't care if this lands silent uh, kind of skill set. Yeah. There's no conscience whatsoever. So it's, you know, it's like watching Reggie Miller shoot threes. It's just what? He doesn't even care. Um, gotta shoot through it. Just gotta, gotta shoot, shoot gotta shoot through it, man. Uh, and so I think you're gonna see younger people not have a problem with it. Here's the thing, I always... Um, you know, rap on or knock on the big media organization that's just like easy and it's in business yeah. too, right? Like I'm always always kind of chucking on the the big companies that we deal with. But the truth is this is actually a gigantically great opportunity for them for a multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. One of them being that whole I don't know if we want our brand associated with this thing sort of question, which was the reason that most big groups have stayed away from esports and things just because of the chatter. It's really derogatory yeah. and bad in a lot of cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This gives them the ability to sort of overwatch on what's moving and what's going well and let all of those kinks get played out off brand, off site, not on the books, not on your record, 
and then you pick them up afterward and clean up the pieces. There's that. <clears throat> then there's also just the ability to, if you want to use a lend a business term here, incubate. If you want to watch content, whether it's video, shows, written pieces, the combination, Bill Simmons, you can essentially watch yeah. all these budding artists incubate their ideas and then whoever, it's a bidding war. And if and we all know this from marketplace dynamics, if you can, if you're talented and you have something in demand with a lot of volume, a lot of people, there's going to be a bidding war for you and you're going to win because you're going to have two people bidding against each other, which is fantastic. And ultimately the media companies have the ability to pull the plug and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to, we're not going to continue to pay a contract that doesn't make any money anymore. So it's good for them totally. too. And it's interesting, yeah. It's interesting you say about the weariness about certain types of content because I was thinking about that a lot in terms of Rogan because Rogan has been kind oh of deemed God. as toxic by some people. But you know, to your point, you know, when you own your own means of production, you can just continue going. Now he's obviously under Spotify's umbrella, so it'll be interesting to see if they try to wield any editorial oversight or tell him to avoid certain topics i would guess no um i guarantee he has no rules i there's why would he unless they pay him 100 million a year why would they why he was making 20 to 30 million a year yeah as it was exactly so well and and that's why the second part of what you said about how this is a good deal for the media production company it is so incredibly low cost all of these things that are being created and that are you know, generating millions of dollars. Like Rogan just doesn't in a studio in his house. I mean, obviously there's production costs involved with setting that up, but like Simmons, I'm pretty sure he just records his podcast in his living room, literally like in his living room. Uh, And so it's interesting because you're seeing all of the, and Twitch streamers, all that, obviously very low cost relative to, you know, a super highly produced radio program, TV program, et cetera, et cetera. So now you have like, the high end of the market, places like Quibi, which are pouring just tons of money into high end production and not seeing much of a return. And then you're seeing these massive margins uh, from these independent creators who can do it on the cheap, can generate, you know, generate a huge audience relatively quickly and monetize them effectively. It's a good business. I think it is too. And to be honest, I think it's the, the tide has changed in a good way. We talked about this like three weeks ago. For news, we talked about in the news world, there's now a place for, well, maybe there will be, a place for real news, real reporting, a place for talking heads, a place for opinion, a place for chatter, and now in the content world, it's like, I can have shows that are ranging from absolute garbage to one person talking directly into the phone to something semi-produced, but still, you know, kind of at home produced, if you want to call it that, all the way up to like top-end, high-level expensive production, overproduced. And I can choose where I'm going to watch it. And I think that the the companies that... This is the the fatal flaw. I mean, there's a million of them for Quibi. But one that I really thought from the get-go was they didn't buy any content on the front to have you come to yeah. just as a back and then build on it. They just said, oh, we'll, we know everything. And we'll build it. And they will come. And if you are uh, watch history at all, uh, they don't come. You're alone. That's how that goes. You end up alone and broke. Right. And in this little world that we're looking at, you have the ability... Spotify in particular. I got Bill Simmons. I got Joe Rogan. Two completely different people, completely different types of content, completely different levels of content, blah, blah, blah. But I now have their input on everything else we create, and I incentivize them financially to get involved with every other thing that we want them to create that they already know their audience will like because they've been talking to their audience for 10 years. 
Yeah. It, and they have a built-in audience. I mean, to your point about Quibi, I, Apple is having the same problem. Like, and Apple created that show. I think it's called Just the Morning Show. Yes. With Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Two of the biggest TV stars of all time in the history of the medium. And Apple is cannot even convince people. They're giving give away, away subscriptions. They, they gave me give a year subscription, not like a month free trial, yeah. a year of free trials. So it just goes to show, I mean, with all of the options out there to entertain ourselves, it's incredibly hard to get someone to commit to a new show, even if it does include high-profile stars and it's good. Everything I've read about that show seems like it's a great show, but... It's a little misguided, but it's, it. yeah, it's, it's a little misguided. The writing you can tell was redone after the kind of me too thing got involved in the, the, you know, yeah. the, mm-hmm. why am I missing on his name? Um, the Matt when, Lauer. Yeah. When Matt Lauer, he's got a new arm tattoo. I hear, uh, when Matt Lauer went down, <laughs> yeah, he, he's trying to make his comeback. Yeah. Good uh, luck with that. We'll see how that, yeah. yeah good luck. We'll see with how that. That goes. But the, the point I was going to make is like there, there's a gigantic difference between TV audience and, and rabid consumer social audience. I'm. I love Jennifer Aniston, and I. I think Steve Carell is hilarious. You've said this before. Like two of the most famous uh, TV stars of all time. They don't have. It's the same thing with Oprah. You bring Oprah on. It's like, oh, there's all these people. Yeah, kind of. They'll watch one thing Oprah's in, and then they won't watch anything else. And and Ellen is another one like that. They'll watch the one thing, but they're not going to follow like Oprah's production company. When you look at Bill Simmons and you look at Joe Rogan. They're going to watch every single thing, or like Dave Portnoy from Barstool. They will watch or listen yeah, to every single totally. thing he does. Even if he doesn't do it, they will listen because it's a different kind of rabid fandom. And I think the Quibbies and the Apple Pluses and a lot of these other groups, to be honest, have made that mistake. They, they chased and overpaid for one person's talent and misunderstood the, the followers. Like a gazillion followers on Instagram for Oprah is not nearly, in my opinion, is not nearly as valuable as the 10 million followers that Dave Portnoy might have. Yeah, totally. And Portnoy can do it on the cheap. Like Portnoy is just He's live streaming from his phone of him day trading. I mean, he makes content out of everything. And again, it's very low cost. Davey day trader. Davey day trader. Yeah, got $100 million yeah. in stock from Penn, and he becomes a day trader. <laughs> and he's a moron, but he's the greatest troll in the history of the internet. Um, so yeah. this is exciting stuff, man. Um, what do you have anything else you're working on? We got to take our break now, but is there anything else that you're working on that we should know about? Uh, not really at the moment. Uh, freelance for kind of you know humble men of letters such as <laughs> myself is kind of on uh, yeah, kind of on the outs for the time being. But it'll come back hopefully now that things are opening up. So yeah, I think it'll I'm, be all good. I'm positive. Yeah. Well, it's good catching up with you uh, as always, and of course, uh, everyone out there can follow you at at McDermott on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend yep. it. So uh, we will we will catch up with you soon, my friend. Later. Bye. All right. Take care, done. All right, folks. Uh, you should. You can still. We have a couple people who called in about it. We will get back to the calls after this. Uh, I would love to hear from you if you guys are using Spotify or what you're using. This conversation to me is evolving. I, I bring it up every week because it's so interesting. So we're going to take a break. Come back with Startup Showcase. Talk a little bit at the end with some people who've t- uh, texted or called in. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back after the commercials. Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host Scott Katoon. Joining me on the show for the call-in right now, we have got Taylor and Jewel. Uh, are you are you ladies there? We're here. Hi. Awesome. Uh, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to having the pitch here. You guys have one minute to give me the pitch, and then I'll uh, follow up with a couple questions if I have any. <laughs> All right. We'll try to make it under one minute. 
Um, so yeah, we're the co-founders of Juna, a modern women's wellness brand. Here at Juna, we're all about formulating the most effective and sustainable wellness products for our modern world, which, as we know, has been changing a lot lately. Uh, all our products are plant-powered and designed to optimize not only mind, body, mood, but also sleep. And as female founders, entrepreneurs, and mothers, we are aware that women everywhere are struggling with stress, anxiety, and schedule overload more than ever before. Definitely. I would say that true necessity is what really led us to the creation of Juna because we were ultimately looking for relief ourselves and didn't want to turn to quick fix pharmaceuticals. So by formulating these effective and yet natural alternatives, we can show up every day as the best version of ourselves and hopefully encourage others to do the same. Very cool. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to touch a little bit about um, the traction we've had. Um, So since our launch only 18 months ago, we've proven product market fit. With over 450,000 doses ingested, over 15,000 units sold, and over half a million dollars in sales. Um, And we were actually just included as two of the most influential women in the industry by Green Entrepreneur, which we're really excited about. Very cool. Tell me a little bit about the actual product and and what it does and, and how we use it. Absolutely. So our current product collection um, is formulated with active cannabinoids that are derived from hemp. So CBD, but also minor cannabinoids such as CBN, CBG, and all the naturally occurring terpenes. These help to balance um, the mind, body, and mood and really with optimization, overall optimization. So they're ingestible. Most of our products are ingestible. They can be taken under the tongue or with food or beverage of your choice. And then we also have some body products as well that can be applied topically for anti-inflammatory and pain relief. And for those listening, this is these are non-toxic, correct? Yes, they're non-toxic. They're not only non-toxic, but we have a zero, zero tolerance for any chemicals, pesticides, residual solvents, anything like that. So our products are very pure. They're all grown on small farms, small boutique farms that um, use regenerative and companion planting practices, which allows for um, every, every drop to be very dense in nutrients. I guess as a person who, you know, I'm, I treat my body like a dumpster. It's not so great. Um, how, how does a person get involved in this and like even learn, like what would be the first step? That's the thing. I've always like all these people come like, oh, you got to get on, try this, try this, try that. And I never, I'm like, I don't even know how to start doing one thing right, let alone multiple things right. Yeah, I mean, there's so much, um, you know, I think, too, there's so much CBD on the market that people are really confused. You know, is it? Is it cannabis? Can I get high from it? Um, and so there's a lot of questions out there, and it's really important that people educate themselves. And I'd say, you know, not all all CBDs created equal. So it's really important to um, find a brand like Juna where you can trust that you're getting what you're paying for, you know, high quality, full spectrum, it's organic, um, it's backed by science, you know, the consistency, taste, and everything will be, um, the same in every bottle versus, you know, uh, a lot of our competitors probably are just um, white labeling um, blended products from who knows where. So this is not going to sit next to those in uh, 7-Eleven next to the cash register? No, <laughs> no. Not. That's not part of the distribution not. plan? We, we are visiting over... Our- 
60 online and offline retailers um, nationwide. But you can also find us at juna-world.com, which is our direct-to-consumer channel. And we have a lot of articles for first-timers on our website around, you know, how it interacts with your body and what what you should do um, for your first time and how to dose. So um, I would, if it's a first-timer, I would direct them to the website to learn more. So the, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things that's been really successful for us is aligning ourselves with other brands that our consumers already trust. So we've done pop-ups at places like Outdoor Voices. We've activated with Lululemon. So the consumer coming coming into those stores in the first place already trusts that brand and what's in the store. So by having us there, um, it's, it's just an extension of what they're already trusting, right? So if they're interested in CBD and they see us and they're in in a store that they're already shopping, it's a very lock and key fit for them. They start to explore further and trust, trust at the beginning. You've got burning ears. Cause that was my, my question literally was going to be the, the, un, the sort of roll out of this. Cause we've talked to a lot of companies over, let's just say over like the last two years, not in this space in particular, but just sort of across um, the, I don't even want to call it a supplement. It's what it, we'll just say, broadly speaking, supplement space. And in okay. just two years, the change from I'm trying to get into Whole Foods and GNC to I actually have a product that I sell D to C and we're really uh, focused on creating a brand that people relate to and, and line up with other brands and you have these ability to cross promotions with these brands over time is is very, very smart. It seems to be the trend right now. Uh, what is What is the one thing you've got to get right for this thing to really take off and go to the next level? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, and we always say that there's there's sort of more than just one thing you oh, need to course, get right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, one, I think you need to have a great product that's effective um, that so people can really feel that it's working. And I'd say another one um, is that you need to be solving a problem. And so I feel like our products definitely are solving problems, and it's very clear which problems they're solving, you know, mood balance and sleep. Um, and I'd say the, the third thing to make it really successful is fitting into someone's everyday routine. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are busy and, and me too. I mean, I hear all the time that I should be meditating, but it's so hard to find the time yeah. to do that. Um, and I should be exercising more, but I don't really have the time to fit that in either. Um, but what's so great about Juna's products is, you know, it really can just fit into your routine. And, you know, I have our balance drops. I just drop them into my morning cup of coffee. Um, so it's really easy. And our night drops, you know, are the end of my, my evening routine where I just drop it under my tongue before bed. Um, so, yeah, I think those are probably the three things that are, are really important. Very cool. Hard to meditate with a one-year-old for me, I can tell you that. Um I have an 11 week old at home. So oh my goodness! I'm with you. Yeah, that's well. That's a whole other. That's a whole other episode of the show. Um, so people can. Where, where can people go to invest in the in the opportunity? Yeah, so we we have an active crowdfunding campaign on Republic right now. So it's republic.co backslash Juna J U N A. Very cool. Awesome. I hope people go and check it out. Um, how long you guys run the campaign for? Uh, we our last date is August first, so right, we're still so. out for another seventy days, I think. Alrighty, very cool. Well, I hope people check it out. We will uh, be featuring you on our new segment on Instagram, the pitch reviews. Uh, we'll have you guys set up for the that that interview on a later date. But uh, so people checking this out, also follow me at Katoon on Instagram and and follow Technorian on Instagram. Where do they follow you? Where do people go? At Juna.world. Juna.world. Juna. Dot World. Instagram. 
Very cool. Thank mm-hmm. you guys so much. Thanks so much. Thank yep. Take care. Of course. Best of luck. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. We are going to take one more commercial break. We're going to come back with a couple of people who have called in and phoned some opinion on what they're doing with Spotify. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Cadoon. We have a call in from my long lost first ever producer of my podcast at WGN. Yes. The man. The, the goat. Man, the goat. Michael High Men. What's going on, Michael? Even starts with Michael. Hey guys, it's great to hear you. Trust me, this is my favorite show to listen to every weekend. So it's an honor to be on, Scott. Seriously, for a young entrepreneur, this should be appointment listening. This episode has been great, so I had to call in. Oh my God. Uh, do you take that to Google Five Star? I'll take that all day. I miss hearing your voice. Remember the mark that. I miss hearing your voice in my ear as the producer of the pod. And the OG back at Tribune That's Tower. That's rude. No, no, no. Sammy does great. <laughs> Michael never produced my my radio show, right? You just just were pods. No, I was I was the uh, yeah, like you said, I was with Scott Katoon OG when he was first coming up. Now he has a fancy radio show. Oh, he's making he's changing lives uh, I, <laughs> for the for the worse. Yeah. I'm wrecking lives, <laughs> um, Mike. You t- you texted and, and called about Spotify first. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Spotify and then I'm gonna talk about you and your life and what's going down. Um, what what do you what do you feel about Spotify? Because I have to say, you are the person who's like the the epitome of the user. The end user should have been a picture of you on their wall uh, with or without the ponytail. And I I I would love to know your thoughts because I I like a lot of the moves they're making, but I'm more on the podcast side. What what are you feeling? Exactly. And, and when I was listening to your show, I rarely call in to radio shows. Like, granted that I work on, on one of them, but uh, it, 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 listening to you speak and hearing and knowing your insight into radio, I was like, oh, this is very interesting because what I'm thinking, most of my information is gathered from 13-year-olds and where they're going to go with podcasting and the video components. Yep. But now I'm thinking 2010. My, I listened to my first podcast. It was This American Life with Jonathan Goldstein. He told a story in it. and But I know Ira Glass hosted it, but I was listening to it, and I was like, how did I listen to it? I needed to download it from my computer to listen to it from a website. And then it, was, it wasn't until Apple made the podcast platform and then put an app that just said podcast on your phone to teach people about it and then became serial. So now I'm thinking, is Spotify going to have to make this entire drastic change, almost like Napster did, um, to change people's thinking, thought process, and almost reteaching them not to learn how to listen to podcasts, but to learn to listen away from Apple. And that is so impossible. Also, with the video component, they're going to have to make a whole new app, aren't they? Because that's how people are going to want to watch uh, Rogan on Spotify. So what's going to happen with podcasting? It is so can we even consider it audio? This, this is my this is my guy on the line here. So here's the deal. If you go and you have it on your phone now, you can go to the app. Are you an Apple? I don't know if the I've only used it on Apple, so I don't know if it's um, same, same. How, how it is on Android. But if you click on uh, and this is something I don't think most people know, because I definitely didn't. If you click on some of the songs, in, in particular songs like um uh what would be like what's the name of the Bruno Mars like Bruno Mars does a lot of this if you click on the song and play it and then you turn turn your phone over so you're not just listening to it Bruno Mars for most of the songs like Grenade and a few others actually have music videos that are made for that song not like an MTV version but like a kind of vertical uh, edited version and you can watch the video in the backdrop of the phone while you're playing that's on Spotify right now 
So uh, wow, yeah, and so like I'm, I'm, I don't think that they have to make that much change to it. I, I don't think I think what I'm looking at is like if I were if I have a choice and I go to YouTube to watch uh, Joe Rogan, the only time I would watch his show is like when Elon Musk is smoking a reefer. Like I'm going to go and watch that. But otherwise, I'm not like trying to watch the stuff. But I'm thinking here in a podcast, if you were able to actually have like a certain clip or a certain like or the whole time it's in backdrop with the with the video and you're not watching it, you're listening like normal, but then all of a sudden like, oh, I wonder what these dudes are actually like look like. You could mm-hmm. click and see it. You don't even have to click. You just pick the phone up. What they're actually trying to do is build this so that they can run video ads during the songs. Because right now they're playing audio ads. If they could throw some video ads up there, they get even more money. That's that's my only thinking in this. Oh my god! See, see, that is incredible. Where technology is going? Because what we are watching on TV and what and movies and everything is about to be drastically changed. Because now people just in this. Two month platform, a two month time limit. We totally changed how we communicate with each other. It was that fast. And all of a sudden, everyone's an expert on Zoom, and 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 they think that they only want video. Like right now, I'm working at a radio station, which is a fantastic radio station. It'll go unnamed because I appreciate WGN. But <laughs> um, what is going on now is all these hosts want to do video platform podcasting. Yep. And to be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Katoon was OG. Uh, way ahead of the game. Way. 2014, we're talking, Scott was making videos with his podcasts. So what what is what is the direction that they're going to go? Because obviously they want to make money, but they're going to have to squash Apple, the the big behemoth. I will, I will tell you, I don't know the answer to this, but here's what I can tell you what I know. I just wrote a blog piece about this. It was in the Technori newsletter for those listening, technori.com. You can see the blog. It's I think it's the, the, the latest post. The rise of video. The corona mm-hmm. pandemic thing is only one part of it. It is... When th- if we did this like five years ago, not everyone had access to either high level data or the internet, or they didn't mm-hmm. have a phone that was like one year old, so it was up to date, and the apps weren't quite built to deliver so much streaming video. So now, with the confluence of the app, the technology, the data slash Wi Fi, and then the forced corona pandemic quarantine, everyone and their brother, to your point, is on Zoom and learning how to use it. And so mm-hmm. going forward, all the people who previously said, oh, I don't do video. I don't feel comfortable talking in a video. I don't want to do. They're all good now. They're, they've all mm-hmm. got it. They know how to do it. You are going to see every single app that is every single category of the world that can be on video will be on video. And it won't be like exclusive, like the whole pivot to video joke that happened a few years ago. It's not like that where they're going to remove all the other content. It's just video is going to be ubiquitous. You're going to be able to consume your sound sessions this way, that way, the other way. All your stuff will be like, it's, it's like how do you want to consume it and how you get it is different. Short-form mm-hmm. video, long-form audio, and on and on and on. I, I think it's going to be a crazy opportunity for artists like you. I, I'm hoping so. Yeah, I, I play music and I know that you were going to kind of mention this. Yeah, let's uh, go into it. Talk about Heidemann now because your house parties are lit. It's the stay-home sessions, and what it actually came about was because, just like you, I want to learn about the technology so I can harness it. So I host this open mic night. I was doing it for two years straight, every Saturday night. With corona hitting, all these musicians were looking for somewhere to go. They said, oh, we don't know where to go. We want to play music. We want to connect, because most of these people are huge nerds yeah. who sit in their room playing guitars. They said, Mike, what do we do? And I said, well, we need to figure out this live streaming and fast. 
so now I'm thinking, uh, you know, and, and you can go on uh, Facebook, stay, stay Home Sessions, or my name, Michael Heideman, you can search me there. But now I'm thinking the game rather, uh, you know, they know how to make the money, but now how who can make it the easiest on the user? Who can make that one podcast button that will teach listeners and um, Spotify users to go to them. And it's just, and now I'm searching, what will it be restream as far as video goes? Who's the next video platform? Cause I think that's almost impo- more important than the audio right now. So it's, we're in the wild west, Scott. And, and to be honest, I'm glad there's a show like yours to listen to so I can stay informed about these things that are happening in the world. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the stuff you do. I think you're, you know, you're, you're on the right track 100% with the, the technology is going to be forced to get better really quickly just because it's, there's a great opportunity in front of all of us right now who are in this space to, to make money investing in building tech. Um, but to your point about Apple and Spotify and that other sort of the, how do I get away? How do I, how do I mm-hmm. get people off of Apple and into Spotify? We just talked about on the front of the show, it's original content. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the day, if Spotify has a lockdown on people like Michael Heideman who are engaging and on the show and they're doing the artists and they're talking to them and they're interviewing them and they're talking to the guests and they're talking to the listener and they have that multi-dynamic sort of personality, then people will flock to them and Spotify owns you. Apple doesn't have you. Apple's got to buy someone like you and they probably won't get it. 